Wonderful. It's great to worship together. And uh, it's a real joy to me now to be able to introduce our speaker, mainly because if you're part of the church, you know, every time he introduces me, I get belittled. And uh, that's not my style, because I believe in, in honouring the preacher and in loving our neighbour and loving one another. And so uh, I want to hand over to you a man with beautiful hair and an increasingly silvery beard that I'm hoping by the end of uh, this lockdown will be down to his down to his chest. Uh, the wonderful, the canon Reverend Mike Pilavacci, MBE. Over to you. He so enjoyed that and uh, don't believe a word of it. That's not what happens in private. Um, he tries always to, tries to come up smelling of roses um, and it doesn't quite work. Anyway, it's not about that. This is a day to celebrate. But, um, and this is a day of joy. And this is a day of, for me, reassurance as well. And I want to explain why. Uh, 2000 years ago, Jesus spent three years um, with, the, uh, with the disciples and he kept on telling them that he was going to have to die on a cross. He was going to be crucified. He was going to go to death and then he would rise from the dead. He told them once. He told them twice. He told them three times. He probably drew little pictures to underline it. They nodded their heads. They said yes. He said, do you understand? And then he dies on the cross. And what happens? They enter Easter Saturday and they lose it completely. It's terrible. He's gone. He's dead. There's no hope. All our hopes and dreams are dashed and they are depressed and they are despondent and uh, they are disappointed and they are disillusioned. How dumb could you get? How dumb? What a bunch of morons. We would never do that, would we? We would never, when things went wrong, forget the promises that he made again and again and again to us, that he would never leave us nor forsake us, uh, that he would always be our father, uh, that he would work all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We would never forget the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises that he made to us, some of them over and over and over again when things got difficult. Well, I do, and I think you do. And over these last days, I've had to remind myself, I've had to remind myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is true. If, I, if, ever, I, if ever's a time to believe his promises, it is now. And some of us, maybe, we've got stuck in Easter Saturday. There is the death on the cross. There is the pain there is the not understanding. There is the hopelessness. We've lost him. We've lost him. And we're in Easter Saturday, but Sunday's coming. The resurrection is coming. And when the resurrection happens, I love the accounts in the Gospels. 
because they are so amazingly flipping real. And, and, and the disciples don't hide their stupidity. I love it. And uh, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb, as was read to us, and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And uh, she came and she said to, to Peter and to John, they, some, the, uh, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So they started running to the tomb. Oh, we need to find his body. And they went in and uh, the cloth had been wrapped around, had been wrapped around his head was in its place. Uh, uh, the, the linen was there all neatly uh, piled up and everything. And it says they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where he was staying. Was it starting to dawn on them? Maybe it was, maybe it was, but they still didn't get it. And then hilariously with Mary Magdalene, she's there, she's crying. There's two angels. She doesn't even notice they're angels. Tell me where you put the body. I wanna look after his body. She was, ah, the mascara was going everywhere. It was horrible. And then she turns around and there is Jesus, the one she loves. And in her tears, in her sorrow, in her disappointment, she thinks he's the gardener. Tell me where you put the body. And what does Jesus do? He says one word to her. He just says, Mary. I'd love to know how he said Mary. But the one thing I put money on, if I was a betting man, is that he would have said Mary in the same way that he'd always said her name. He called her name and suddenly she knew. And the next thing he says is, let go of me, Mary, let go. There's the hilarious story from Luke 24 of the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus uh, materializes next to them. And he says, where are you going? What's going on? You look a bit sad. And they say, where have you been? Jesus of Nazareth, who we thought was the Messiah, he's, he's dead, he's gone. And it's been three days since he died. It's like he told them three days. He told them, it's been three days since he died. And then they said, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Shucks. And do you know what he does? Is he listens to them. He goes into their house for tea. And eventually... They recognize him. And then he appears on the first day of the week. Uh, he appears to the disciples. And listen, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, the, they, they, they still locked the doors. They still didn't get it. They still thought they were unsafe. And Jesus goes through the locked doors. He can go through the locked doors of our disappointment. And do you know what? So often... We don't recognize the risen Jesus when he comes to us because we're living Saturday lives, Easter Saturday lives, when we could be uh, living Resurrection Sunday lives. And we're living in disappointment. And we live in, when we live in disappointment or despair or fear, we so often don't recognize Jesus when he comes. So what does Jesus do? I love it. If it was me, and I had said again and again and again, I'm going to die. Three days later, I will rise from the dead. 
and they didn't get it. And I rose from the dead and they thought I was the gardener and they thought I was some stranger going on a hike to Emmaus or they, or whatever, I would have said, hey, dummies, you thickos, you idiots, it's me, I told you. Now how do you feel? He doesn't do that at all. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and he shows them his side and he commissions them. And he doesn't blame them for their unbelief. They doesn't, he doesn't blame them for their disappointment. He comes to them in gentleness and kindness and he shows them himself. And then the classic, Thomas wasn't there. And then he comes along later and the doors are still locked. And he says, I know you're saying you saw him, but I won't believe it. No, 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 unless I put my fingers here and unless I put my finger in his side. And guess what? Jesus comes to him and he says, here you go, Tom. Here you go. He doesn't hit him. He doesn't tell him off. He doesn't make him feel bad. He says, hey, Tommy, I'm here for you, for you, for you. This is the glorious story. We serve a resurrected Jesus who comes to our disappointment, who comes to our failure, who comes to our weakness with his risen life, and he doesn't blow us away. He says, here you go. Have a look. And you know, those marks are still in his hands. Those, that, that wound is still in his side. And it says in Isaiah, um, I, I have written your name on the palm of my hand. So he looks at his hand and he'll say, Mary. He'll say, Andy. He'll say, Mike. He'll say your name. Your name is written on the palm of his hand forever with those nail marks. He died for you and he rose again so that you and I might live in newness of life. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be like the disciples. Sometimes a little bit dumb, sometimes a little bit thick sometimes a little bit disbelieving and he comes in his gentleness and he turns everything around happy resurrection sunday happy easter he is risen he is risen indeed